This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 51 of According to Flint. And you know, through all our first 50 episodes, we really haven't had that many young or current rodeo cowboys, bull riders, but we're changing things this week and why not have the reigning PBR world champion, Dalen Swearingen. He's got an interesting story being from New York and what he's been through with his family. And he's won at every level. Junior high, high school, college, Canadian champ, National Vinyls Rodeo, now the PBR world champion. So sit back, pour yourself a Pendleton whiskey, and enjoy our conversation with Dalen Swearingen. This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Well, welcome to episode number 51, according to Flint, and honored, happy, thrilled to have the 2022, the current reigning, as Matt West says, the reigning and defending world champion, even though they're the same thing. It is Dalen Swearingen. Dalen, uh, I told you before we started recording, you're like one of the first real current young bull riders we've had. Nice job. Good job on it. Oh, yeah. Feel, feel honored. <laughs> I want to cover something that wasn't on my original outline, but I think it's important for people to know about bull riders. As we do this, not live, that's how podcasts work. As we do this, we're a few hours later than we had planned because you have been, you're a little late because you were tending to one of your friends. Uh, Dalton Castle, you've been up in North Dakota at a bull riding up there. So you spent some time with Dalton Castle because he got injured, right? And without getting too detailed uh, because medical stuff, uh, it's what you guys do, right? You make sure everything's okay before you take off. Yeah, I mean, most of the time on the weekends, we're all just there. It's just just the boys, really. Um, you know, like his wife wasn't there and stuff like that at first. And um, so we just all make sure everybody, you know, you feel comfortable and um we just help each other out in any way we can. And I feel like that's in rodeo and, and everything in general. Yeah. Did you make sure he was going to survive? Everything was okay with Dalton? Oh, yeah. He's going to survive. He's <laughs> one of the toughest guys alive. <laughs> Listen, Dalton's got to be tough, though, because I'm going to start calling him Mr. Glass. Like, he – and here's the thing. Dalton Castle has been through a lot of injuries. But they're legit, like – 
Is it that Dalton never lets go? Because he's in some wrecks, man. Yeah, I think he's all try. Um, and I think he should go to a 100X helmet. I think that would help him out a little bit. I saw the helmet he was riding in. But, like, I, I think he just, he just tries so much every time. Like, he's on there for 10 seconds or his hand is in there for 8, eight 10 seconds every time. He's a, he's a fragile little fella, isn't he? Yeah. He's fragile. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I like, I think Dalton makes me laugh. Like, there's something dry, out of the corner of his eye, shit-eating grin about him that makes me laugh. Am I on track there? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think his little girl, Willow, she has the same kind of deal. <laughs> um, you know, I think... When I watch crowds or friends of mine that come aren't around bull riding or rodeo as much as I am, they they want to talk about injuries more than we do. Do you notice that during you know you and I have done a lot of those Q and A elite seat deals? And when you're in cities, they first thing they ask is if you've ever been injured or or what's your worst injury. It's not it's not something we sit around and talk about. Is do you find that a little annoying? It. Not in a mean way, but I find it a little yeah. annoying. You? Yeah, it's definitely like one of the most asked questions that I get asked. And like, I try to focus on the positive stuff. So I try to, first thing I can do to get out of that, I'm trying to jump and get onto a different topic. It, it, yeah, sure. yeah, you can tell. And they just want this insight when we're in a Chicago or New York or something. And, and it's sort of like asking an NFL player if they've ever been injured. Well, hell yeah. They, been injured, but I I think what concerns me sometimes in myself is we should never get used to our seeing our friends get hurt. And I don't think we get used to it. It's sort of like Dalton, you taking care of Dalton. It, it does it become kind of something that is part of the job that that you take care of like a business that you have to compartmentalize a little bit because you're it's still hard though to see a friend like Dalton get hurt like that, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, like I don't like being in hospitals and stuff. And kind of once May, like a bunch of us, there was more people in the room. I kind of like eased out just because I don't like I don't like the noises. But I think it's just something, you know, like you want to make everyone feel comfortable and you want to be comfortable and you want people to feel like you're supporting them or you want to feel that support when you're in that situation. But at the same time, you don't want to be in it. <laughs> Hospitals. And the only thing I, you know, I was in a, I had a heart attack once and the one positive of having a heart attack, I could just lay there and people brought me stuff <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but, but most of the time it was needles and tests. <laughs> Not the fun stuff. You know, you, you, this last regular season during the world title race, you, you've become, I wouldn't, don't know if it's a viral video, but it's big on social media where you got clipped in the head and broke your helmet. It knocked you unconscious slightly. I, I, I mean, there's a difference between being unconscious for a long time and getting, you know what I'm, that sounds terrible, yeah. but you know what I mean. You said something about Dalton's helmet earlier the technology and what you guys wear, really your injury wasn't as severe as maybe what people thought, was it? Yeah, no, for sure. Because that, 
that helmet's made to take that break, like how it like it looked like he just stepped on me and like there was a hole in the helmet and everything. But like it's made to take that force and kind of spread it out. I don't know the logics about it, but I know it's kind of something like that. And and I mean, you definitely saw it for me. Like he stepped on me clearly on my head, but next couple hours, you know, I was still kind of out of it, but I was walking around talking to everybody and stuff like that. He, he more clipped your head. When I, I was, I wasn't very far away. Yeah. He, he clipped your head. <laughs> that, like, like that's so much better, you know? Yeah. Like it was just kind of more like a graze kind of off of it, I think. Yeah. But what a great, I mean, as far as this sounds terrible, public relations selling tickets to, and the helmet company itself to say he's not injured. It did exactly, it broke in the right spots that it was supposed to break, right? Yeah. And luckily your head's really, really hard, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, anyway, I'm glad you took care of our friend Dalton. I, Man, it just depresses me. I think he's so... Somebody used this as a negative against me the other day that I say somebody's good for business. Dalton is because he's so good with the fans. He's got a cool look. He's funny. I, I just... It breaks my heart that he's... He's had groin issues and it, it, what do you see in him? Do you see fresh, you're his friend. Does he take this pretty well or is he getting frustrated with injuries he's going through? I think all in like every injury they kind of go through is frustrating and he might be a little frustrated, but I don't think he's not very, you know, he's good at keeping everything in. And I think, you know, this one, I think he'll probably be, kind of ride like once his ribs and everything heal up if his jaw's still wired shut he'll still kind of be like mason riding with it wired shut and stuff like that but i think he's he's super tough like he when it happened he was just sitting back there and he's like yeah i broke my jaw like my jaw's broke and and then jesse petri take him to the hospital and i i mean it was i mean he's he's tough that's for sure what is the what is the injury as a bull rider what are what is the injury or a couple that I don't want to say the kiss of death, but one that you just go, damn it. Like the one that you want to avoid or that affects you the most as a bull rider. What what would you say? I think lately, I think it'd probably be the groins, because I mean you see Cole, he just he just tore his other groin. Chase, I don't know what he did to his groin. You know, like those I feel like all of them can be worked through, but it's just how you work through them and how much you put through them. But the groin is probably one of the biggest ones. I'd... Who who was the first one you said? Cole. Cole Melanson. Oh, Cole, Cole Melanson. Ugh. Talk about a guy been going through injuries. Holy cow. Uh, the groin injuries would have been the one I picked. Like, yeah. because that's the whole basis, right? You, you're riding more. It's a lot of lower body. That That's... Yeah. What uh, have you had groin injuries? I've never had real bad groin. Injuries. Like I had some strains, but I, I've been really blessed with my with good groins and. That's a great line right there. I'm be- I'm blessed with great groins. Me too. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you are you battling anything right now? Uh, my hand kind of gets sore. Um. It really gets sore when those bulls go right on those. It's kind of like the way the pressure goes to my, like, through my thumb. 
Um, but it'll kind of go like in Big Sky, it kind of went numb and stuff. But uh, we taped it, and it, it's feeling a little better. That's just pain tolerance, isn't it? Like structurally, it, it's a little okay. bit. It's a little bit like what you said, Dalton. People would be amazed. Okay, he's got a broken jaw and broken ribs. But as far as mechanism and structurally, that's an injury you can come out of. Oh, yeah. Right? Your yeah. your hand, there's a lot of guys with hand issues. You got to kind of ride through it, and it doesn't affect you mechanically, but it's pain tolerance, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. But other than that, I feel great. <laughs> Are you tough? Are you? Do you have good pain tolerance? Like all you guys have way better than me, but. What do you think? I feel like I have good pain tolerance when I'm around other people. You know, once I got back here at the house, I might, <laughs> I might be over there kind of milking <laughs> in, something like that. But yeah, <laughs> who, who right now or that you've known that you've ridden with, do who had amazing could ride through injuries, amazing t- pain tolerance uh, of the guys you know or have known. I mean, I think it'd probably be JB or Chase, just because. Like JB he could switch hands. Like if he had a broke hand, he'd switch hands. He did that for a little while. Like I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think he'd be. He, I think he's the number one guy anybody would say. Through my yeah. through, through my career, I've known tough guys, but JB because it was just one thing after another. Yeah, like I remember in uh, Calgary when he destroyed that shoulder, and I saw him the next day, and he was. He was trying to ride still, and there was no, nothing there. Nothing moving, just yeah. flop. Yeah. I guess enough beer and cigarettes, everything, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get this out. I think it's cool when we introduce our world champion, and he's from New York. You know, I think, I, I don't know, I think it's a real cool thing for PBR and for rodeo. Um, when you went to the NFR, a few years ago. They did not announce you from New York, correct? Yeah, because I claimed the Southeast Circuit, so I was at that time I was using my parents' address in Georgia, um, but but it was just to get the circuit rodeos in the southern region. Hmm. So I'm going to be critical of the PRCA right now. Why would, you, why would you not as an announcer or somebody say, here's this guy that says he's from Georgia, but this guy was born and raised in New York. He... Why? And like in the opening, you should be carrying the New York flag at the NFR. Yeah. I thought it was a huge mistake. Did it ever come up to you to do that? Yeah. Like, like kind of like I, I want, like, I want people to know like kids from coming back from the Northeast to know that they can leave and they can be just as competitive. They just have to get out and find a place to be. But, um, but yeah, that kind of crossed my mind a little bit, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. Didn't have to carry a flag. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! Like you're a you're a good horseman. You're a cowboy, Dalen. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was a mistake. I I just think I thought the NFR could have really capitalized on that. And but nobody yeah. nobody asked me. So yeah. Hey, do you know? Speaking of carrying flags, um, who's your Jerome Davis is your coach right now? Who's Colby Yates the coach of? Uh, Austin? Oh yeah, Arizona. Yeah. Do you know that, you know, everybody at the NFR, I don't, you didn't win around at the NFR though, did you? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? 
So, you know, yep. you have to take the victory lap on the horse. Do yeah. you know that Colby Yates, you know, he made the NFR when I was there. He wouldn't, he would just step out and tip his hat. This is a little fodder for you because he cannot ride a horse. He can't. Zero. Huh. He wouldn't even, I think he just took the fine and would not ride the horse in the victory lap. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. So what about that? They like to find you there. Yeah. Well, so when you see him these next couple of weeks, like, yeah. hey, hey, they're making all the coaches take a victory take a lap on a horse here. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> See what he says. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I know, and you and I've talked about this a lot. So excuse me if we've had this conversation, but when, as soon as you say this kid's from New York, I know like at the high school finals and everything instantly people out West, the vision they have is a city that you're from the city. Uh, not really overall, not much of the state of New York is city, is it? Yeah, no, like the first time we were ever to the city is when we took bulls there for the PBR. Um, but like we live like five hours from there, kind of like we actually live closer to Canada than we do to New York City. Um, but yeah. Uh, so when you, as you were growing up in upstate New York and going to high school rodeos and things, really visually and what you were going through day to day, wasn't all that much difference maybe different than maybe a kid high school rodeoing in Montana, maybe? Yeah, like we had most of our, like we only had one indoor, one or two indoor during the winter. Everything else was normally in the spring or in the fall. So like, I feel like it was a lot of the same. You know, we might not have had the numbers that y'all had or anybody had. Because like, I know there was one year that I was only bareback rider. One year I was only a bull rider, but there was always a handful of us, but like the funniest thing I ever heard was at the high school finals one time was like, where I was just sitting there watching and these people behind us, there was somebody from New York coming out in the bull ride. And they're like, I heard they qualify on mechanical bulls. And like, like who I was living with, we just, we just laughed. And, and then like the next day I went out and won the, first round or something at the high school final. But it was kind of cool to kind of like see, listen to them, how they think, how they think about it. And then, yeah. Uh, I've heard that story. You didn't say a word to him, did you? You just sat there like you do now and giggled. Yeah. Right. I just sat there. And, yeah. <laughs> I want you to know when I was at, because my girls made it the same time as you, uh, Shelby yeah. did. And you know, my girls, but I heard the same thing at the high school finals. Hey, did you hear these? Like these kids have never even been on a live bull. And I was yeah. like, oh, I, it, it, complete fiction, right? Complete <laughs> false. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember probably the same year. I'm sitting by a friend of ours, a young person who, uh, I, I'll tell you this right now. One of my favorite things about going to the junior high and high school finals when my girls were young is I loved seeing kids that were from places like Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, New York, because I wanted to see what kind of standard we had in Montana, but it's cool to see them come all that way to Gillette or Rock Springs. And uh, this girl sitting kind of down from me, somebody came out from Ohio or New York and she said, Oh my God, why do these kids even come? Why do we got to sit through this when they know they're not going to win? That was, and I said, let me tell you something. There's a Swearingen kid from New York 
And that kid's a cowboy. And she's like, really? And that's the year you won the bareback riding, I think. And so I've defended you, Dalen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, think, I think last year or two years ago at the junior high finals, a kid um, won the shoot dog in. Um, but I think it just kind of, there's not as many of us, but there is some. Yeah. Uh, you ever did, and I know I saw him at Fort Worth at the world finals, Bobby Del Vecchio. Does he ever come talk to you? I think I met him one time at the NFR, but like, it was very brief if it was, but like, I think it's pretty cool to like hear, like if they're talking about me or something and then Bobby Del Vecchio gets brought up just because he was kind of like the first one from, you know, like he was from New York City. Yeah, right? he was a city guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I I remember as a little kid, as a young kid, watching Bobby Del Vecchio at the NFR, and he was the first one. He wore like shiny shirts with fringe and stuff, and he'd he'd acknowledge the crowd. And acknowledging the crowd back then was the, as much celebration as you ever saw from anybody. Yeah. So Bobby Del Vecchio is real flamboyant as far as interacting with the crowd. So. Um, yeah, I've always wondered that if there's a connection with you guys, but yeah, no, not really. Not really. You're too good. You could kick his butt, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, you know, I, so I would imagine just looking at you, like at the high school finals, your experience there, kids didn't really know you were from New York unless he said something, but, uh, I don't know. I guess you kind of covered what your experience was like. It just really interests me. For one, I want to know when you went to, I know you went to Rock Springs, right? Yeah. So did you guys look at like brochures of what Wyoming looks like, the big mountains and the lakes, and you get to Rock Springs and go, what the hell is, where are we? (laughs) No, I mean, I I always thought like, I always thought it was like, oh, which the first one we went to was Gillette, and we Gillette. always drove. Yeah. Or, or the first one we went to was um, in New Mexico, Ogal, and kind of seeing there. Like, I never looked at any of that kind of stuff or anything like, like what you're saying, but, <laughs> I mean, I always saw, like, the Wild West, and, like, seeing the horses and the wild horses and stuff like that was really cool. Huh. You didn't get attacked by Indians or see any covered wagons, though, so you were good. No. It could, it could happen. You never know. <laughs> Hey, uh, what you went to college, you were a college national champ. And I should say, you know, bring up you, you, every level high school, you were college champion, Canadian champion, NFR, PBR finals. Did you, did you need the college experience? You went to what college? Tell me, I can't remember. um, Panola. Panola. Yeah. Why'd you, a lot of kids now, I think if you're a really good bull rider, there's so many opportunities to make money as a bull rider. I think the college experience is real valuable and, and would benefit a lot of kids. What, what, a f- what influenced you to make that decision to go to college? For me, it was probably like Jeff Collins is the coach there. So he's a world champion in the bareback riding. And like his mentality is just like, I wanted to be around that. Um, and like, just me being from New York and having the opportunity to have stuff paid for to come live in Texas pretty much for free for going to school and riding. Like it was an opportunity for me 
to get into a new aspect and out of my comfort zone. Like I didn't know anybody when I moved here, moved to Texas and, and it was really big for me because I got to be around Jeff and like his mentality and like the, seeing the mentalities of world champs. Like I was around very successful people in the Northeast, but not world champs that like the first year I ever tried to make the NFR, like I didn't even know there was that many rodeos you could go to. Like I went to a rodeo every single day. Like I didn't even, I thought 5,000 added was a big rodeo. And then when you're trying to make the NFR, you don't even, you see a 5,000 added rodeo and that's like, uh, maybe I can dip off there, but like, you don't even go to those any, like, yeah. Huh, that's it's, interesting. Um, yeah. I got to tell you, cause I think he means something to you. I could, and I'm looking at Logan th wondering if he remembers. I got the exact same, almost the exact same answer for, from someone else on this show. Uh, when I asked the process and he said the same thing, you know who it was? Jerome Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I, he was from at that time, you know, he was from North Carolina and he, he said, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anybody. Do you remember Logan? And he, he, he almost said the exact same thing. He just didn't know he needed to go yeah. to Texas, meet people and figure out because you know, like I know, being a world champion in rodeo isn't always about crowning the best one or most talented. It's about the one that has crap figured out, isn't it? Yeah. And so he said the same thing. Like it's about entering, traveling. It's funny what you say about dipping off to a 5,000 added. A lot of rodeos in Montana, you know, they're those kind of 5,000 added. They hope those guys stop because really that's what you, that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. Sometimes you got like, like if you can go to a one that HD's taking bulls to, it might be 5,000 added, but you're going to win. Like I won Belfouche and I think I was the only one to ride one time and it paid like 12,000. It was like, I think it's like a 6,000 added rodeo mm -hmm. or 8,000, but it's just like, I feel like there's opportunities everywhere, especially if they're, the guys aren't there riding. Yeah. You got to be, but man, you got to be smart about it. Our, our old friend Jerome Robinson was smart about it. There was a saddle bronc rider forever from the Midwest they used to talk about, and he'd go around and enter all those small rodeos, Derek Clark, and he'd go do that. He They'd know which small ones are worth it to enter. You got to have that savvy. Um, and it takes a while to learn it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it takes you probably a lot. Like I rodeoed harp one year and then kind of went the second year, but like you learn which rodeos not to go to, who has the good bulls, who might not. Yeah. Who taught, who helped teach you? Who were you with? Yeah. So it was actually when I started entering at first, like I was entering the bareback riding and the bull riding and it was throwing me off. So like Reno, the Reno in the Reno short round in the bareback riding was my last pro rodeo ever um just because i wasn't getting up and my goal was to make it to the nfr in the bull ride and it was just throwing me out throwing me up different days and so i kind of had to pick what i wanted to do and but i rodeoed with jc mortensen so he's he's younger than me <laughs> and so we were just we were just going that's all we did Oh, yeah, waiting for this answer of, oh, geez, Josh Frost, he really up. No, you and JC, just eating bubble gum and oh, candy bars. Away you go. Protein bars and tuna, <laughs> tuna and crackers. 
I think I was just too shy to ask like all those guys like, hey, like what what would I have to do to get in with you? Like mm-hmm. looking back now, like I would have loved to jump in with somebody that actually, like I might still be rodeoing if that may be the case. You know, like mm-hmm. if I got in and enjoyed it, I'm glad I'm not. But <laughs> uh, but you're right. That that's a good point. That maybe it's you know it it makes for a different experience because there's guys, there's really, I'm a big believer in great bull riders are great bull riders. I don't care what the letters are in front of it. There's a great, there's a great lineup of rodeo bull riders. And I've heard people say like, well, why doesn't he go to the PBR? Because he loves rodeoing. You know, it's a different world. And yeah. And and there was a time when I was loved the rodeo life and I kind of burned out on it. So I went PBR stuff. So could you see yourself go and try and make the NFR again? What do you think? I mean, I could kind of like like what you're saying. Like, I think me and JC, we went so hard. Like, like rather he was driving or I was driving, but we were going to a rodeo. Like, we literally went to a rodeo partner every day in the summertime. And it just kind of burnt me out. Like, you'd get in the truck, go to another one. And, I mean, I loved seeing the country and I loved going to all these rodeos, but it, it just got, like, and I was also going to the PBR, so it's just it just it just wore me out a little a little quicker. And it was maybe if there was like a handful of us and we were, you know, smarter about our entries and stuff like that, it would have been a lot different. But and, yeah. may, and maybe had a sweet van, like a sweet, yeah. sweet van with carpet stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, uh, something popped up just a couple of days ago. Coincidentally, a, a story the PBR did. And I'm kind of doubling back on your New York, being in New York and stuff. And and it was the story, your mom's a cool lady, man. When I when I see her and she was so good on that story that the PBR posted uh, about everything she's been through. Um, your mom was shot. She was in a bad relationship. Took care of, you have a brother, right? Is it the two of you? Yeah, yeah the two of us. Um, and I think you you mentioned it. You beat me to it in the story. I, all I could think the whole time was, no wonder. And Because and, I admire what you do, and I think you, you kind of make me laugh. And I, I, I thought, no wonder with the kind of person his mom is. But, man, she, she was, that's a tough lady. You couldn't help but learn from that, right? Oh, yeah. My mom's super tough and everything she's been through and like, but she always kept me, me and my brother Colton, like a priority, and that, that kind of kept her moving forward in life. Like helped her keep being getting better, and and but like everything she's done for us, like we wouldn't be where we're at today. Like she had so many chances to say, "All right, this is this is just way too hard," or whatever, and taking an easier route. But she always kept us do, put pushing us to help us do what we love to do, and. And raising us to be really, I, th- I think, good guys. Oh, I think I think pretty good guys. Yeah. Where's your brother? Um, he lives in uh, Durant, Oklahoma. Uh, he's a, he's been bulldogging. He actually just had a, a knee surgery a couple weeks ago, so he's taking a little time off right now. But what what is he? Is he older than you? No, he's younger. Okay, I'm, think tr- I'm trying to think if I would I have seen him. At high school finals, what are trying to think? Yeah, you probably would have. He was he was in the bronc ride, calf roping, and steer wrestling. Yeah, um, 
because I think you are the same age as Shelby. And then he would, is he a couple of years younger than you? Yeah, he's like, he's like half a year or okay, something. Okay, so um, probably would have seen him then after that. So, yeah, is he bigger? Uh, yeah, he's tall. He's a lot taller than me. He's like six foot part Okay, here. well, you said he was a bulldogger. So, I'm, yeah. Were, you were a time. Yeah, a little bulldogger. Oh, uh, yeah. Were you a timed event guy? Like at nationals and stuff? Were you in all that? At junior high, like I, I break away one year, but that was it. Well, it was New York. You just had to enter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catch one. Catch one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I just, what's your, your mom is good though. Uh, uh, my mom's really good. She's, she's a traveling nurse now. And, um, so it's pretty cool. Like she went, like we, it all happened in North Carolina. We moved back to New York to be with, um, her parents and lived in the basement there. And, uh, and then she came, went to school to be a nurse, and uh, now she's a traveling nurse, and um, so she kind of goes wherever she wants to go. Yeah. And she's been running barrels, and uh, so cool so. lady. Tell her I said hello. By the way, when I, yes, I didn't world finals, I didn't really it, every it was everything was a scramble. I didn't see everybody. And uh, speaking of that world finals, what? So last year, I think people people thought it was such a short season, you know, but really event wise, it wasn't. It was a grind for you guys, wasn't it? There, we didn't have the break in the not only the break in the middle, but we usually had a couple weekends in that stretch. Like it or hate it? Did you keep momentum? Just one week after another, a couple midweek events. That's almost getting back to what you were doing rodeo. Well, how'd you how'd you like that? Yeah, I, I liked it. I think you know the best shape I've ever, the best shape, the best way to be in bull riding shape is to get on bulls. So we were getting on bulls all the time. And so I guess when you have a good year and you're feeling healthy, it's good. Um, but like, it's, you just have to have a really strong mentality because anytime something little happens, you get soared up anytime you, that's when it can start going down. It can rather start going down way quicker or start going up. So like the mentality the way I had to look at it was a lot different for me. Like, and for me, I was trying to go to, you know, I, I know for a fact I went to more events than Kaiki and all them. Like I started right after the PBR finals last year and went to the Canadian finals and um, like went to the tour and pros and stuff like that. Any time that I could get on. And so, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, was there a point? you were, you jumped up there right away. Was there a point in the season you went, damn, I could do, I could win this. Or were you just one at a time? Yeah. It has to be in your mind though. Doesn't it? Like I could be yeah. a world champion. Yeah. So like they made a really big deal, like coming in to the first event that I was the number one guy, which I felt like that was kind of dumb because it wasn't even, nothing even started. Yeah. I but remember, was, I, by the way, I remember that because you had been to Canada and some touring pros and we went to the first one. They said, well, we got to introduce Dalen. He's the number one guy. Cause we do those openings. I said, number one out of what? Like we haven't yeah. even, okay, go ahead. I just was letting you know, I was in on that. Yeah. Yeah. So like they made a really big deal about it and stuff like that. And, and then that was, I think the first event was a one day event, right? So yeah. yeah Indianapolis flying out that next morning super early and somebody comes up to me and says 
I'm not going to give any names, but they say, wow, that didn't last long. <laughs> Tell me who it was. Come on. <laughs> it was Cole Melanson. He told <laughs> me right before I'm sitting by myself, comes over and said it to me. And <laughs> then, Mr. Sunshine himself, Cole Melanson. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, that was like, I was like, wow, all right. <laughs> so then, like, it was, it was really cool way to, to win it. I mean, I haven't said anything to him about that, but I I definitely, like, I can imagine, like, that was something, like, it helped drive me to move me forward. Let's, uh, we got to tell, you got to call Cole. Like, hey, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I guess it lasted longer than you thought. You know, something, yeah. come on. You know how Cole, he comes, he's real, he's always somber, like, yeah. Grouchy look. He looks like a grouchy Cody Johnson. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you, did you get overwhelmed at all going into world finals? Uh, they used to media the, I, I remember one year, the one year Justin McBride was in the lead and it was a two weekend event back then too. And after the first weekend, he had to just say, leave me alone. Uh, I need to ride bulls. Maybe they've learned from that, but did you feel, feel overwhelmed at all with all the demands of that? There wasn't like, I, I feel like I could have, but like all like when you're walking into the event, they need to know what time you're going to be there to get you walking in. And then like the after deal, but it, it wasn't really too bad. Like the biggest thing for me was probably like, you know how we did like the stairs, like where we stared at it. Like Joao was the first week. And then Kaiki was the second week. Well, Joao, like, which I was a wrestler, so like, you know, you do all those stare offs and stuff like when that. You're face but like, to face, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if they've ever done that before. I don't remember it ever happening. But like, that was way different for me in the bull riding. You know, like, and Joao, he's kind of like you can tell he's antsy up there. And but then Kaiki comes up there and he just goes. He doesn't even blink or anything, you know? So it's like totally different feel from those two different guys. But that was probably like one thing I was like, wow, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> so, so Kaiki was right at you. He just like. Yeah. Kaiki was staring right at me and like I was staring right back at him. And and then, you know, you could see Joao kind of moving around. Like he, he kind of walked forward stuff like that. Like, like he didn't like being up there as much, but. So, like, I feel like, like, with the team deals, like, the teams that hold their confidence going into these events, I feel like you'll definitely see that showing. Hmm. Yeah, because, like, in that opening, you're really not up against the battle. You're not not riding against them. It's not a – you're not fighting with them. You're riding a bull. So, it's it's a weird – Kaiki's got a steroid. Yeah. He's like – and there you did you like <laughs> should have made faces at him like, yeah got him to laugh up there yeah yeah so what about the team thing uh by the way i think you got off the hook a little bit maybe it's luck or, or the way the pbr did the format i think where you're going to see some demands as the world champion are when the regular season comes back around the end of November, because then we sell the world champion teams. were selling team. I, I think that's maybe where you got to anticipate that you're going to have more demands. You think? Yeah. Yay. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, uh, 
what kind of guys, listen, you're funny. The two top guys in the MVP thing that have performed the best through the first weekend are Jose and Dalen Swearingen. So it's the usual suspects, I like to say. Are you seeing guys really benefiting from coaches, trainers, just the camaraderie of it, and maybe what kind of guys? You seeing some guys come up that you didn't suspect? Yeah, like the um, Cole, Cole Robinson or the guy that just won the yeah. – or Casey Robinson. Okay, like he yeah. made a really good pull ride. Like guys where you wouldn't see them if he didn't get drafted on a team. And I think that's really cool. Like, like I know being at the Carolina at our training camp, like it was really cool how we got to like, n- like normally at the normal events we have the Brazilian locker room and the American locker room, and now we're joining a team together. And and I feel like that's kind of cool to see their kind of aspects on the sport and working alongside them. So far, you like it. Yeah, I think there's definitely some stuff that could get better, but I think the concept is kind of cool. I think it's cool. I think it just might need some touch-ups or I think it's, yeah. Well, for for bull riding fans, really, no matter the format, it's still good bull riders and good bulls, right? I mean, it's great bull bull riding. Yeah, yeah, like I feel like the bonus round in Cheyenne was – if you compared it to any of our short rounds, it was probably one of the best short rounds that they've we've had in a really long time. I felt like we wrote, they wrote, we rode a lot of bulls and yeah, I'm with you on that completely. Yeah, feel the same. What does Jerome Davis mean to you? Like describe uh, describe Jerome Davis, the kind of guy he is to you, and what he can do for you. Yeah, so like I've went to multiple Jerome Davis bull riding schools, like throughout when I was young and stuff like I went to three or four of them and I'd spend like a week or so at there and um it was actually my first PBR event was in Archdale at Jerome's bull riding and like I still have his signature and the autographs I got from Brian Canner um I can't remember who else was there but like it was pretty cool that that was my first ever PBR event watching and then later on, I'm on his team. I've went to his his schools. Like his outlook on life and on everything, he's just a very positive guy. And like, I mean, he gets us fired up before we go out there as a group. Like he gets that group fired up, and you know, he has great morals and a great faith. And um, same with Tiffany. And um, and now my girlfriend is from over there. Like that it's their goddaughter and it's just pretty crazy how everything circled around did the sneak in there didn't you hey Jerome was she waiting over along the edge and you were (laughs) yeah you that if there's a way I make you not say anything and giggle I ask you about her Lauren right (laughs) (laughs) come on man you're you're in a house there let's if if you decide to marry her I want you to call me and tell me Okay. Okay. All right. So Hello. next, so next week when you propose, they'll <laughs> be waiting on it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm with you on Jerome Davis. He's one of my favorite people and was forever. Um, I, I, I think you're right. Those two, him and Tiffany, talk about strong. You know, you grew up 
same way in a household with a mom strong like that. And that I would see you as, I think you get it with them and what they've yeah. been through and what they've had to dig into to make life good. You know, yeah. I, I'd see some similarities there, I guess. Yeah. So. And he's always working, you know, he's helping us, all these bull riders become better. And like, he never, he never quit doing anything. And, and I felt like that's really cool. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I've been doing this thing, these little videos. And actually we had a discussion, me and, uh, Paulo Krimber was episode number 50 and he made it to the NFR, won the average at the NFR. Did you know that Paulo Krimber won the average at the NFR? And he, yeah. I was there. That's how old he is. Um, and so we were talking about, and he had his NFR buckle on. Are you wearing a buckle right now? Or, uh, no, no, no. I know. See, I'm not either. I was going to ask you what. It, okay. When you, tell me something. When you go, like, when you rode North Dakota or Cheyenne, do you have a one buckle that you wear consistently for a reason? Yeah, so like I don't, I never really wore a buckle when, like I wear a buckle when I ride now, and it it's actually the a buckle that I want at drones. It's it's like real small, mm-hmm. and it it means something because it was like I went to drones bull riding and won it, and that's my first ever PBR. So I felt like it was really cool to wear that buckle, and I wear that when I ride just so it's not jabbing me. But like the buckle that I've always worn for the past couple years is. Um, the one from Chicago, um, just because that was the first event I ever won. And but once I get this new buckle, I'm gonna wear. Yeah, it. I, I was gonna say you got a new one coming, don't you? Yeah, the gold one. You got to wear that. You got to wear the gold. Yeah. So I, mean, I worked my whole life for it. It's a dream. I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> I went when I uh, won the Coors Man in the can. I wear those buckles a lot because they're like a PRCA World Champion buckle. That next yeah. spring, I was at Rodeo in California, and a good friend of mine that was a pickup man, Lloyd Faria from California, he said, where's your gold, man? I said, man, I'm not going to wear the gold buckle. It's too nice, he said. That's why they make them. That's world champion. You wear the gold. And from that day, I put a gold buckle on. So, yeah. anyway. Um, well, keep. Uh, I don't want to keep you. I know you haven't slept because you were taking care of our friend Dalton. But uh, I appreciate the time, and I appreciate uh, – you know, I'm, I'm doing a call here in a couple days with youth and the, and the theme is relationship building. And I always tell kids, people, you can win or lose all you want, but what people remember is how you are outside of the arena. And I just want you to know, I always enjoy seeing you. My two daughters who are your age, they comment all the time that Dalen goes out of his way to come say hello and make sure ask how we're doing and how rodeo's going and that means a lot to them and that means a lot to me so uh, i appreciate that dalen and keep it up because that's that's gonna go farther than any buckle so yeah yes, sir so listen go keep riding them all right yes, sir. stay healthy take care of your friends and uh take care of that little blonde girl that's with you all right okay yes sir i will thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me on today thanks buddy <laughs>